Welcome to Elevate Podcast, the fastest way to elevate your life. Brought to you by elevatebooks.com. Hello and welcome to another one of our Elevate Podcasts. My name is Benjamin J. Harvey, the Difference Maker Mentor. And once again, we have the pleasure of interviewing an international best-selling author from the Elevate series. To find out more about them or any of the other authors from the Elevate series, be sure to check out elevatebooks.com where you'll find a bunch of additional information and plenty of highly valuable free resources you can download immediately to further assist you in elevating all areas of your life. So today we're speaking with Karen Morley. Now, Karen is a best-selling author, life coach, calm birth prenatal educator, and practitioner of many transformational modalities, including Bowen therapy, aromatherapy, resource therapy, the Richards trauma process, private subconscious mind healing, integral eye movement therapy, and life coaching. Karen began her professional life as a registered nurse and midwife before turning her passion to health education and inspiring well-being through mind-body connection. Over the years, Karen has invested over $80,000 in education with the express goal of empowering people, calming the nervous system, and enabling a person to live a life to the best of their capacity in body and mind. Her true passion is to support the journey to health and well-being, whatever path is chosen. So please welcome to the show, Karen. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm looking forward to this, Karen. I, uh, I know that you've got this incredible book out in the marketplace now, Elevate Your Energy. And uh, I guess for the listeners out there that haven't uh, read through your content or uh, been exposed to you, I, I guess what I'm most curious about and what they're probably curious about is why, why have you got such a passion for helping people calm their nervous system and increase their well-being and transform their health? Like what, why? Why is all that important to you? I just see how much it holds people back when they're, when they're feeling stressed and anxious and they're not, it's like they're not experiencing their full potential, their full beauty of who they are. And also it does affect the physiological part of the body. So it can cause some ill health or difficulties in maybe people are wanting to get pregnant if they need to get pregnant. Um, maybe people are wanting to do things, but they're being held back because they're not feeling enough within themselves. So for me, it's really important that this part of them is actually healed so that they can fulfill their full potentials. Mm. Yeah, I know, I know that over the years, you've helped many people uh, be able to become pregnant and go through the journey of being able to be relaxed through the entire birthing process. And no doubt you've learned a lot about transformation through that. What would you say uh, for people that are wanting to calm their nervous system, for people that are wanting to have a better mind-body connection, what sort of a, a strategy would you advise them to take? What, what would you recommend? I think the first thing is slowing down. We're living in such a fast pace at the moment and in a stressful environment too at the moment. So it's slowing it all down, really focusing on the present moment focusing on all the senses that are around. And I find going out in nature is something that is really, really precious. 
And it, it helps to give you a whole lot more energy in just going out in nature, breathing deeply, breathing through your nose, filtering that air, warming it, moistening it, and stimulating a whole different nervous system by just doing simple things like that, just by the way we breathe. And then just using all the senses, engaging all those senses, the sight, what you see, the colours, the richness, what's around you and observing that and then what you hear, the birds in the morning, just appreciating all the little things that are around you and then what you might smell. There are some aromas there, bushland aromas or if you're by the sea or near flowers, but different aromas if you're near a farm. The aromas from there too. So just engaging all of the senses. So you're bringing yourself into that present moment and it's calming the mind and bringing it and centering it and connecting it with the body as well. I like it. So for the listeners out there that want to at least start the journey of having a calmer nervous system, you're saying to go and really connect with the senses and being present in that process. I, I know that over the years you've you've studied and been certified in a, a vast array of transformational modalities. Out of all the things that you've studied and, and all the things that you've done, what would you say are some practical techniques that people can start to apply? Apart from this presence, what, what else? I mean, I know you've studied this thing uh, resource therapy, and uh, you talk about it in your book, you, you studied the Richard's trauma. Uh, process as well what are some things that people can do out there if they are dealing with trauma that, that is in fact impacting their ability to remain calm and it is in fact impacting their mind body connection what recommendations do you have i really feel it's important to reach out to people who can help so acknowledging that these things are happening and that it is impacting on life and the quality of life too and that just reaching out, seeking somebody who you feel comfortable with and can relate to. And I think that is one of the really important things. And then see what connection you have with that person and if what they are offering can help. And so yeah. some of the sorry. No, go on. Some of the some of the techniques that are used, like looking at the resource therapy, you're looking at the different parts of ourselves. So we have a whole lot of different parts that we operate under. We can have the parental part. We can have the fun childlike part. We can have the uh, part that is loves to spend or the part that is criticising. And sometimes these parts can cause a bit of dissension and another part of us doesn't really enjoy that and doesn't like that and it causes distress. And that distress really indicates that there, there is some need for assistance to help those parts to probably calm, to actually do what they need to do because they've got another part that they can play. They're valuable. Every part is valuable. And so all parts can then appreciate the parts that are actually playing up a little bit because they're in need of something and we can work out what the need is. So we've got all these different parts to us uh, in terms of 
the concept of resource therapy. How do people go about identifying them? And then once they've identified them, what, what are they meant to do? So I think the, the most important thing is to see which parts we enjoy and which uh -huh. parts are causing the stress and the strain. So which parts are really annoying us or are troublesome or bothersome? It might be things that are encouraging us to drink a bit more or to party hard or to just withdraw from people or reach out for cigarettes or do things that in our hearts we think this is not the path we want to go down. Mm. So in doing that, in understanding that, we can understand that there's another reason why these things are happening. And this part is just trying to do the best it can with the skills that it's got at the time. And often those skills have been learnt when they were, when the person was really little, when they were small. And so it's important to work with somebody who can go back in time without rekindling events that might have been distressing. And I think that's a really important thing that, and that's what's attracted me to most of the therapies that I'm in, I've embarked on, is that you're not re-traumatising. So you're not having to talk about the story and how hard it was. It's actually circumventing that, going directly back to a time where this fragile little person learnt these skills to actually cope with the situation at the time. And it was valuable at the time, but as that person grew and still used those coping mechanisms, they became very disruptive and didn't serve the person very well. So in all your years of doing this, and you've been in this space for a very long time, and uh, got a raft of experience, worked with lots of people, what would you say these parts, what are they all attempting to achieve? Like what is their final goal? What are they hoping to get more of or whatever it is? All parts are just wanting to be safe. Mm. It's safety, but it's how they attempt to get that safety for that person. Wow. Tell me more about that. So safety, we're all craving for that safety. So we've got a hindbrain, a part in the back of our brain that reacts to things. And it's predominantly there to be there to protect, to protect somebody. So it's a like a knee-jerk reaction. It's a, uh, a prehistoric, it's an old, old mechanism. So it's there to protect us. And often that will trigger in and operate without the use of our forebrain or our thinking brain or our logical brain or our creative brain. It just buzzes in there when we're feeling stressed and uh, apprehensive and distressed. Got it. And so that, I guess, triggers this desire for safety. So if we've got all these different parts and one part's telling us to go and party, one part's telling us to drink more, as you said, one part's doing this. We've got other parts that want us to do empowering things. So all of them are just trying to find a greater sense of safety. If I identify a part and the part's wanting me to do something that I just don't feel is 
is good for me anymore. What do you suggest? I mean, there's a lot of listeners out there that are like, you know, Karen, I hear what you're saying and I, I've got these things in my life that I'm not proud of and I don't want to be doing anymore. What do, you, what do you recommend to those people? What would you suggest they do next once they've identified these parts? I think it's a willingness to want to bring them back into alignment with each other. And so searching out for somebody who they feel comfortable with that can take them safely back and to readdress this and heal it and assign it with a different uh, a different role, a different part that it can actually feel alive and energised with. And it's going to be liked by all the other parts. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's exciting. It's exciting to think that they can be reassigned still to do similar things, but in a healthy way where other parts are going to go, wow, you're amazing. It's almost like rekindling a friendship or something between all the different elements of who you are Mm. i know that in your book you talk a lot about the uh, you speak a little bit about the richard's trauma process but for people who haven't been exposed to that how how would you describe that in a nutshell well that's a process that's taken over about three or four sessions and it's stepping somebody from feeling um, unsafe and they might be suffering from or having depression or anxiety or PTSD, so post-traumatic stress disorder. There can be different levels of this and it's getting them to a point where they're coming back to a safe place again and feeling a sense of calm, peace and safety within that. So it's going through a process of seeing who they are uniquely as a person and really appreciating all all of who they are, the wonder of who they are, and then also addressing the parts in their life, the times in their life when they have experienced distress or trauma without going into the detail of it. Mm -hmm. And so addressing that and then looking at the future of what an amazing future they can go step into. And this in itself, I've had people who have been quite distressed we've been we do a scale for them um, the DAS scale and some have been quite high on the scale and after the three sessions have come right down to very very low levels and in contacting them back six months later those levels have actually gone down again so the unconscious is still working beyond the time of being with a person or being with a therapist And there are skills that that can be used and with any of these skills that you can use for yourself after these therapies that can help yourself. So there's knowledge and skills that can be utilised. Well, I know that there is uh, a process now that's becoming incredibly popular uh, for dealing with similar things like this that you've actually studied, which is that integral eye movement therapy. Uh, and I know it's getting a lot of airtime in the media. I don't know if you're aware of it, but a lot of people are now talking about it and discussing how it's being used uh, for a lot of different uh, traumas that have been created throughout life. What would you say is the, the reason that people seem to find that so effective? Like, like for those people out there that don't even know what integral eye movement therapy is, how would you describe that? 
Okay, one part of it is to do with eye movements. And that's only a small part of the whole therapy. But it's a very powerful part. And I know just from personal experience and using it for myself, and I teach people how to use it for themselves as well. I can have, I can remember a distressing event and and rated on a scale of zero to 10. And, and it can be quite distressing. It can be up there eight, nine, and I can really feel it within myself. And then doing this process of a specific eye movement of how we move our eyes and remember that event, we can actually change the feeling of that. And even the memory of that event can change and alter. So I've had a situation where it's gone from an eight to a two. And then I've forgotten about the intensity, even of the event. It's just as if I was observing that event. Wow. So I know the concept. So they bring the memory up. You move the eyes to certain positions. And in doing so, it shifts the, I don't know, the way in which it's stored or something inside the brain. Uh, and I, I definitely know that a lot of people get a lot of great benefit from it. Let's just say hypothetically, though, I fell off. Actually, I want to let's put it this way. Let's just say I've just fallen off my bike, Karen. I've just fallen off my bike and I've got a sore knee and I'm sitting here. I can't reach out to somebody. I can't go and um, ask for help. And, and you and I both know that working with a skilled practitioner really is the key to accelerating transformation but let's just say i'm in a position where i can't do that i live out on a property all my phone lines are down i've fallen off my bike what can i do to heal myself in that moment what would you say i mean you've studied so many things your skill level is is second to none what would you say is my quick hack to make sure i'm not scared of bicycles anymore i'm not afraid of riding again you're like what can i do right there in the moment of the trauma I would take it back. One step is for the breath, just slowing it down because when you're feeling anxious and distressed, that seems to speed up and become shallow. And so that accentuates that uh, nervous system, the sympathetic nervous system that's wanting to get you out of there and panic is in there. So one, slowing down the breath, breathing through the nose very slowly, very deeply, and then imagining, the power of the imagination is amazing. So even imagining that that injury is being looked after, that there is something there that is cleaning it, mm. that is supporting it, that is uh, maintaining the integrity of it and that you'll have that help. And there are some other little techniques too. There's one that I teach called the butterfly hug. And that super calms a person down within, I would say, within 10 seconds as well. The so butterfly that, hug? Yeah, yeah. What is that? That's awesome. That's really awesome. <laughs> so that is where you can self-soothe. So anytime there's anxiety, um, being that you're going, you're being shipped off to the hospital after that accident or and you're thinking, oh, no, there's going to be needles and people poking and prodding. So there are things that can be done. And this is just a unique little thing where you put your one hand on one side of the chest underneath that collarbone 
and it's flat on the chest and the just under the collarbone. Yeah, and the other hand crosses over over the top of that to the other side of the chest under the collarbone. So you can actually feel the collarbone with your middle finger, that tall finger. So you can feel that just under the collarbone. Yeah. And your hands are flat and they're crossed across your chest. And the two thumbs can actually come together and hug each other. Oh, wow, yep. So from there, what you do is you lift the middle finger and just gently tap it on that spot underneath the collarbone, one side at a time. So it might be the right side, and then you lift and tap the left side. Lift and tap the right side. The essence of this is doing it very, very slowly. And then to the left side. And I find even doing it myself when I'm showing people that I go into a state of super calm, like I'm nearly ready to fall asleep. So for the listeners who are uh, trying to picture this in their mind, um, we've both got our hands on our upper chest just beneath the collarbone. And when the hands overlap, they look like a butterfly. I guess that's why you call it a butterfly hug, I would assume. And then you're just getting your middle finger and tapping just underneath your collarbone. So it's almost like your right hand is on the left part of your collarbone and the left hand's on the right part of your collarbone. And uh, you're almost forming, so you form a butterfly in your chest and you just sit there. And is there a breathing that goes with it or is it just the tapping we pay attention to? What do we do? No, it's the tapping. But, but it's even more powerful if you're breathing slowly and deeply through your nose. I actually found that pretty soothing. Like I was just playing along for, <laughs> for the entertainment of it. But once I had my hands there, I legitimately felt something. Like I actually legitimately felt, why does that, how does that work? What, what magic are you doing here, Karen? <laughs> I, th I think it's uh, looking at centres. There are things called tapping. Uh-huh, yeah. I haven't studied tapping, but I believe that there are points within the body uh -huh. that are calming points. Oh, yeah. I know we've calm birth. We've got points that we can use, the yep. acupressure points we use. And I think these are points on your body that activate something. These are activating the vagus nerve or the parasympathetic nervous system. And that's the calming system, just calms. It's like slowing the breath down and going through the nose is activating that parasympathetic nervous system and calming that vagus nerve. Mm. So the mouth breathing does the opposite. It will stimulate the fight or flight, run response, and that stimulates a sympathetic nervous system. So we're wanting to get yeah. these back into alignment, not one being over the top of the other. And so you would recommend people consciously always seek to breathe through their nose? Totally, totally. And I'm finding that um, more people who are wearing masks that a lot of the time they're mouth breathing. Mm. Uh, so that's a very conscious thing to be able to then be recognise that and then to breathe through the nose. Yeah. Mm. So I've fallen off my bike and the general consensus is to imagine that something is coming in to heal me, that mm. something has already taken care of it. And then I can do this butterfly breathing. Is there anything else you'd recommend? 
I think the power of imagination, we don't yeah. give it enough credit mm -hmm. that the brain is not utilised as much as it could be and that there is using vividly. Often I will, even in um, a medical surgery, I will be getting people to imagine the wound and imagine a part of their body, however they want to imagine it, that is coming in and healing or cleaning or reconstructing. And it's, it's very, very powerful, very powerful to engage a part of the body. And the more that you can use the different senses, so the, what you see, what you hear, so there might be little excited voices or it just might be chomping or it might be soothing sounds, um, what you might feel, so there might be a warmth or you might sense a light, like a beautiful white light that's coming down into that area and just warming and soothing um, that you might hear. That's okay. This is all going to be okay. So you're actually engaging all the senses very, very vividly. And the more vividly you can engage those senses, the more that you're engaging your brain into assisting with the healing process. It's beautiful. Sounds like quite a peaceful way to prevent trauma from having a, you know, a long-term impact on, on people. I know that when people go through life, they often want to start their day in the best possible way. Have you got any suggestions for people who want to really kick their day off? Like, is there a, a routine you would advise? Is there something they should do before they get out of bed? Like, what do we do to maintain all this progress in our lives? Mm, I think that's really important to have those rituals or those those patterns of behaviour that support us continually. And I think the first thing is coming back to the, the breath again, being totally aware of how breathing and breathing through the nose, breathing slowly, then even imagining the day, the day ahead, feeling that peacefulness of I'm here again and there's an excitement about the day and what the day might hold, how I might be present in the day, having an intention that I set for the day about how I want to operate in that day. To be fully present, I think that's a really important one, to be fully present and to constantly remind myself to come back to that presence. Getting up and going out before I'm turning on lights and seeing the sunrise. So seeing and allowing the light from the sun to go straight to my eyes, that's stimulating a different part of my brain. It's helping with melatonin production for, for helping with sleep for later in the day. And it's triggering me to know that, yeah, it's daytime. It's time for me to wake up. And then it's getting out and maybe even barefoot on the sand or if you're lucky enough to be by the beach or on the grass to actually feel that underfoot and then going for a walk, going for a walk in nature and yeah. feeling all of that. Beautiful. And really just having that deep sense of presence. And I know a lot of people out there uh, want to reach out and connect with you. And I know you've got 
your website online, which is kmorley.com.au. So k-m-o-r-l-e-y.com.au. Uh, and I also know you provide some incredible one-on-one -on -one coaching services. Uh, so for the listeners out there, obviously you can tell Karen has an incredible diverse range of skills that can certainly transform your life, your mind-body connection, and whatever it is that you're wishing to achieve in your life. So I just can't recommend enough that you reach out and uh, connect with Karen. I also know that they can go to elevatebooks.com where they'll find you online there. They can have a look at your profile and they can get in touch with you directly through that. Uh, before we wrap up for the day, is there, is there any final tips or a piece of advice you'd like to share with our listeners? Yep. My, my thoughts are grow strong together. Have fun and live life and live it well. Nice. Grow strong together. Have fun, live life and live it well. Beautiful. Uh, Karen, uh, I am extremely grateful to have you on the show. I have had an absolute wonderful time hearing about all these different techniques and processes. And I'm going to actually, I actually am looking forward to this podcast finishing now. And I'm just going to go and do some butterfly hugs. <laughs> as soon as we love, as soon as we wrap this, this show up, I'm going to go and get into that. I like the idea of these butterflies. They just feel good. Um, I'm also a big fan of that whole idea of imagining and being present and going for walks and engaging the senses. So thanks for sharing all of that with our listeners. It's been a, a wealth of information we've got. Uh, during this episode so thank you so much my pleasure and just to top it off the beautiful water nice make sure you drink lots of water hey i like it look thank you so much again karen i really really appreciate it and for the listeners out there if you want to find out more about karen you can go to elevatebooks.com where you'll find an entire section all about karen and uh what it is that she does and how she can help people and always remember giving yourself permission to do what you love is the key to elevating all areas of your life. So until we meet again, share your light, live your love, and do whatever it takes to be your own best friend. Thanks so much for tuning in and bye for now. Thanks for listening to Elevate Podcast, the fastest way to elevate your life. For more information, visit www.elevatebooks.com.